Hello, Scott. Yes, Colin. I have a movie pitch for you, sir, today. Oh, I'm excited to hear okay, it. Okay, it is a pirate movie. Already on board. It's got action. Yeah. It's got cannons. Amazing. It's got Gina Davis. Okay. And it's got Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, awesome. With, with a twist. Okay. Michael Douglas can't make it. Oh, God. So we've got Tom Cruise. Oh, that's awesome. With a twist. Okay. Tom Cruise also doesn't want to do it. Oh, that. no. We've got Keanu Reeves, though. That sounds great. Too late. He's out. Oh, my God. We've got Charlie Sheen. Okay, sure. Charlie Sheen doesn't want to do it. Oh, my God. We got Matthew Modine, though. Who? Oh, God. Call it. I've got some notes. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever produced and make them not the worst movies ever produced. This is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, powered by ATV Financial. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And joining us today, uh, uh, all the way from uh, her fellowship and her doctorate in feminist pirate studies at the University of Yoho, Alyssa Nider. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, also, uh, Alyssa also uh, does uh, digital marketing at Nate. Yes, I do. Yeah, in, in addition to pirate studies. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, which is important because today, uh, so it's an exciting uh, day on the podcast today. Uh, we've been talking about doing this movie for a while because it is famous for once holding uh, the Guinness Book of World Records for biggest box office bomb in history. This is your 1995 uh, pirate hash marks quote end quote epic <laughs> Cutthroat Island. It certainly wasn't an adventure. <laughs> no. Uh, so this stars. Uh, this was started. Uh, was directed by Rennie Harlan. A I have some or I have some notes alum because he directed Die Hard too. Uh, also Cliffhanger, which we have not done on this program. Oh, we'll get to Cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> it stars uh, Gina Davis, uh, Matthew Modine, uh, Frank Langella. Uh, the this movie cost ninety eight million dollars to make at the time in nineteen ninety five. It made a paltry ten million dollars, which means it lost eighty eight million dollars. Most of that was on V8 juice, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, yeah, so Guinness, so Guinness Book had a record that it was the biggest box office bomb of all time. Uh, they retired that category, so now it's no longer the biggest box office bomb. It's kind of in the mix. But this movie, so this movie killed off the category at Guinness Book World Records. It killed <laughs> off uh, Karolko Kar- Pictures as well. Uh, it kind of put a dent, I would say, in Genius Davis's yeah, career. Didn't the movie studio go bankrupt like two days before yes. the movie yep. was released? Yeah. And MGM, who was distributing, wasn't in good, wasn't in good financial standings at the time either. It was just a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And so, it also came out in a 1995 that included other great movies such as Waterworld and Congo, alumni of our fine program, <laughs> which actually did better at the box office. Is too. 1995 like the sweet spot? Yeah, yeah we're, we're just gonna keep going movies? back to that 90, just, 1995. Well, yeah. I'll have to start wearing more 1995s clothes. Oh wait, I am. Uh, not so not so stylish. Um, yeah, movie went way over budget. There are stories about how they basically started building sets before the script was finished. And then the director didn't like the sets and had them all rebuilt from scratch. Yeah. Dupes. Uh, and then also the V8 story. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the V8. So, yeah, they, so uh, they, they brought in all this V8 juice for, for, uh, for Rennie Harlan and, uh, and Gina <laughs> Davis. But so much so that, like, they, towards the end of the filming, they just started bringing it out for, like, the cast and the crew because it was, it was, like, a, a room full of it. Yep. Or something. So, uh, so much VH use. The now going back to the intro. So originally, Michael Douglas was tapped to play uh, Shaw. Yeah. 
the famous whatever his face Dr. Shaw, uh, backed out because he did not like how his 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 character was going to be second banana to Gina Davis's uh, uh, lead, and he wasn't like he wanted try, to have he didn't equal want to be parts. the lead. He wanted it to be more fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. And her part kept getting rewritten to be bigger, and yeah. finally he was just like, you know what, I'm out. Yeah. And the ironic thing is I read that Gina Davis was actually trying to get more and more airtime. So she wanted to do her own stunts. So they were like, no, 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 no. That's, you know, that's pretty hard. You don't want to do that. Yeah. But eventually she just wore them down and, and they spent a whole day of production just trying to get like a 45 second stunt out of her. Ha! And, you know, that's probably why they blew through, you know, a big portion of the budget. They, uh, they were running three cameras, apparently. Uh, on every shot, and so they were going through tons of film as Ooh. well. Ugh. Yeah, that'd be expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I love it already. And then, and then I had to watch it. Then I didn't love it so much. <laughs> and so many explosions. All the explosions. oh my goodness! Can, can, before we even start talking about uh, yeah. like the like original <laughs> thoughts, for me the zaniest part of the movie was when like they're so she's breaking Shaw out of the jail. And they're riding through the town, and that's just like just a just a cavalcade of nonstop action. And like the redcoats go out to the boat to like, hey, the the pirate Morgan's in town, so they just start shooting cannons into the town. You're shooting your own town. I feel like that's the uh, yeah. I was kind of like, what is happening? I don't know uh, much about the 1800s, but was everything <laughs> made? Of, ex- of gunpowder? Of explodium. That's <laughs> yes. common building material at the time. There was a scene in the in the bar fight scene. There was a moment where something landed on a table and the table just burst <laughs> into flames. There was, uh, there was a scene toward the end where Frank Langella is like, I love being a pirate. And it's a hard cut. But there was clearly an explosion happening behind him while he was saying it. And we were watching it going, did they take out that explosion that was behind him after he shouted that because he flinched because there was an explosion like a foot away from him because otherwise they left out a cool explosion there. I mean, there was no sound effect for it. No, nothing. It, it was clearly something they were trying to edit out, but just as it's cutting away from him, there's like this, ex- there's a very visible orange explosion. Oh, behind. I see. I need to, I need to like, watch that now. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I don't think they, that's the exact they, quote, but it's probably, something along They that probably line. loved that that line so much that they just wanted to make sure that it made... <laughs> I love being a pirate! Or whatever. <laughs> Hopefully that was actually Frank Langella's like, audition. He just walks in just... I love being a pilot. Boom! Something goes off behind him. Fun fact, he loved being a pirate so much, he cites Captain Dog as one of his favorite roles. Oh, there we go. Well, so. with a name like Dog, how could it not be... Uh, also, who doesn't love being a scenery-chewing pirate? He also apparently yeah. cites Skeletor as one of his favorite roles. I read that as well. He oh, was gosh. clearly one of the only people having fun in that movie, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We'd actually, yeah well, so actually, we'll touch with you. We'll, we'll talk about kind of uh, our thought, initial thoughts of the movie. Greg Beaver. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to call my overall thoughts. Sure. Uh, why Pirates of the Caribbean works and why Cutthroat Island doesn't. Okay. Um... Every scene in Pirates of the Caribbean kind of tells its own little story. Like whether it's Jack Sparrow trying to find a new hat in the middle of that bar brawl. Or that cowardly governor uh, hiding during the battle and then celebrating, pretending to celebrate that he was with the men the whole time during the battle. Uh, Cutthroat Island uh, can't even get the introduction of the main character right. Uh, like when we meet Jane, Gina Davis, she's 
pulling up her pants and the, oh, and the and there's that guy in the bed and the guy in the bed is like you're a pirate and that's it that's the introduction second thing uh pirates of the caribbean uh kind of portrayed uh the pirates sympathetically they're like they're uh people who desire freedom and they long for the open waters yeah uh and they also kind of have like this moral code that uh, plays against their greed in interesting and hilarious ways uh, whereas the pirates in Cutthroat Island are really only informed by their greed. Uh, and as an audience member, that's kind of really tough to cheer for. Yeah, there's like, like there was really no other kind of like redeeming. Like you're kind of rooting for the pirates. Like, oh, here's the fun wacky characters. Even like her little enclave of like uh, the, the, the dude from Malcolm in the Middle. Like her little her little her little mini band of, of guys are kind of like, eh. I guess, like, you're not really rooting yeah, for Yeah, there's, them. like, there's lots of characters, um, but none of them are... Are, are memorable. Per- yeah, none of them are particularly interesting. And, and and again, like, they're really the only thing they're going for is the treasure. And, and, and it's weird because they introduce this whole dad plot where the dad dies at the beginning, but um, she doesn't really seem to give a shit about it. Yeah. the entire film. Like, there yeah. was, like, there wasn't even a mention of the dad. Was there a mention of the dad at the end when she kills her uncle uh i think she does say after she cuts him once like that was for uh my other uncle what's his name because <laughs> i remember the, the characters because like the characters there's three uh and the next one's gonna be for my dad <laughs> and then uh, i guess that's it that's all that's all he merits yeah and uh finally the pirates of the caribbean characters kind of land all over the place on the moral spectrum so it's kind of like the same thing, but like the Cutthroat Island guys are all just greedy jerks. Whether it's the uncles, uh, the dad, the uh, Gina Davis, uh, um, Doctor Shaw, they're they're really only motivated by one thing. Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of like uh, picking a flavor of ice cream when all there is is vanilla. It's just not that interesting. Yeah, probably agree. I think it definitely misses something. Yeah, Alyssa, your thoughts. Um. My major problem was I didn't know what audience this was for. That's a good point. Um, it's really I violent. read that it was supposed to be for like younger, like youth, twelve to yeah. sixteen or something like that. Um, but they had so many like weird adult little quips in there, which is fine. You know, you yeah. see that with some of the newer um, Disney movies and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they were also they were trying to put romance in it. You know, adult humor, action, you know, cheesy Disney lines, like type lines. Do you know what I mean? And like, but you didn't really know which audience were they really catering for. There, there was also a surprise. I'm not sure if you noticed it. There was a surprising amount of like gory skeletons in the movie. Yeah. If you noticed, there was like, I actually kept score. There was like, I think like it said like it fights like six, six decomposed, like rotting, blooding corpses just like hanging out. Yeah. So yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, like who is this? Like why? And then, they, why and then gets, there's there's definitely places where it's it's pretty gruesome where they're they're yeah. showing the uh, the pirates or here's, the here's a map. The, it's the criminals that are being picked apart what? by the crows and yeah. The, yeah it's very and it's very action oriented but yet you have a female uh, lead which is great but then I don't think that there is male buy in with the female lead like it wasn't genuine enough that I think little guys would be interested in watching Gina Davis like. 
I just, I couldn't get behind who the actual audience yeah. was supposed to be. Yeah. And like that really bothered me the most. That's, one, that's interesting because I actually thought um, one, the one thing that I kind of liked about the, the movie is that there wasn't a lot of like uh, apologizing for the woman being a lead, if you know what I mean. Like, like normally in a movie it, it, like this, you get a lot of like a shock and surprise that the woman is capable and can fight and has authority and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's really only one or two lines. I think both of them might have been said by uh, Dr. Shaw where he expressed some sort of amazement at her being a woman. But for the most part, I felt like everyone just seemed to accept her for who she is. Yeah, there was, only, there was one line at the beginning where like when her dad's dying, she's, he's like, you lead the men. And she's like, I can't lead the men. And they're like, they'll follow you. And oh, yeah, it's the- just, just sort of established. It's like, oh, yeah, she's a pirate and everyone and the government wants to kill her. And the part where she was drunk in the the ke- down below deck. Yes. And they're like, okay, who's going to be captain? And sh- she's like, okay, I'm captain. And they're like, okay, I guess you're captain. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> so that, I mean, and then I just felt that, like, there was so little character development. Like, there was no uh, well-rounded char- character development. Like, it was very flat. Oh, and yeah. I felt yeah. like it's almost like it should have been a sequel. Like, are we missing something? There's is there, like, is there, is there, a, is there <laughs> a cutthroat prequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There should be a prequel. Or like a prologue or something. Yeah. yeah. So those are my main gripes with it. I think so. Scott. It is an aggressively mediocre film, <laughs> um, which surprised me a little because Cutthroat Island has a reputation as being notoriously bad. And I don't know that it's that bad. But the problem so. is that I don't think it's that good either. Um which maybe puts it in the sweet spot for the kind of movies that we do on this show, but makes for a very boring movie to watch. And that was something that we had all kind of touched upon uh, before the recorder started yeah. going. Is it, that in general research for this show is, is is a bit painful because at least when you're watching a really bad movie, it's ah, it's entertaining on a terrible level. But when you're when you're going for those mediocres, it can be a slog. A little bit. Um, I definitely agree with Alyssa, that all the characters are pretty flat. And one of my fixes involves turning up some of the character arcs in this movie. Uh, And I definitely agree with Greg that there's... It feels like the movie edited out a lot of important story beats. And that's why a lot of the the movie feels a little disjointed. Yeah, there's there's setups to things that don't really pay off. Yeah, like, there's there's a bunch of characters who just disappear in a puff of fire in the climactic battle oh, yeah, because yeah, they're like, oh, right. we don't know how to deal with this that. guy, so he's just gone. Oh now. yeah, I was wondering because like, when the when the poof. yeah the governor or whatever when he explodes, and I was like, I was like, oh, is that the last we're gonna see? Him? And the and the guy who betrayed them also just disappears in a puff of flame, and it's like, I guess we're not resolving that guy's oh, plot. Right. Yeah. Um, he doesn't get any sort of comeuppance, I guess. Or, or, or redemption, because he was coerced into betraying. That's them. true. That, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of moving parts. And there's a, you, I agree, there's a lot of stuff that's set up that doesn't pay off. And there's a lot of stuff that's poorly set up. Like, for the first hour of the movie, I was puzzling over why there were three pieces to the treasure map split between the three brothers. And then, like, an hour in, it's mentioned, oh our grandfather stole this treasure. And I was like, now it makes sense. Why did we not know this before? See, and I never even picked up on that. Because I was like, I was like, why do they all, well, I mean, still like, 
if they were all going after the treasure and they all had a piece of the map, like, why couldn't they... Why was it such a big deal to put the map together? Like, you'd, like, just... Put it together. Well, and this is, I mean, I have i have a clear fix for that. I could say it right now if you want. Go ahead. Uh, you, you start the movie not with a cold open with Gina Davis having a steamy sex scene with some guy who no. you never see again. This is going to be a terrible plot wig. plot that never goes anywhere and doesn't pay off. You start it with a flashback to the to her grandpa who had, who is dying and says to his, like, bosun, the this is the map to my treasure. Take it, split it into three, give it to my three sons because I want them to work together to find it. And then the twist is, of course, Dog is a greedy jerk. He wants it all for himself, and he kills his two brothers. Uh, but that's that's the setup right there, and that's all you need. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to set it up, and then it all makes sense. <laughs> but they did not do that. No. Nope. And so an hour into the movie, there's an offhand mention. Oh. My, it's my granddad's map or something. And it's like, well, now it makes sense why the three brothers each had a piece of the map. Would have been nice to explain exactly why uh, for the three brothers. Uh, two of them kept uh, – so one of them kept a nice little paper version. Mm-hmm. One uh, just put it on a nice piece of wood. And the other guy, like, tattooed it on his head. Yeah. So <laughs> where, like, little, where, he, where he could not see it. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess is why it was it was tattooed in reverse. Yeah. So you could use a mirror. I mean, yes. And if you, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That seemed, yeah. But even so, like, you'd have, a mirror, you'd have a mirror above your head because it's on his scalp, right? Yeah. You can't see it. You need a, you need you a need, series of you mirrors. Need two mirrors. Therefore, it shouldn't be backwards. Because if, if it was two mirrors, it would be. <laughs> or it should be called Mirror Island because that's how you <laughs> figure out how to actually see the thing. Because it's, oh, I can actually see everything. I'm fine with the three maps being in weird places. Yeah. I just. I I think that that and that is fundamentally the main plot of the movie yeah. is getting the big treasure. I forgot what the main plot of the movie was. And yet it's so poorly set up that it took half the movie before I even knew what was going on. So, so, so yeah, the movie there, I feel like know again I feel like there were there's stuff that hit the editing room floor that maybe shouldn't have. Yeah. There's a there's a scene when uh, Gina Davis becomes the captain of the pirate ship, where she throws her cutlass at the flag or no the sail pole. What do you call a sail pole? I'm not a sailor. The thing, the, 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 the mast, the mast, <laughs> the sail thingy. Uh, sailors in this room. Yeah. <laughs> and and she says like whoever wants to challenge me pick up that sword. Right, and I was like, "Oh, like eventually that the Weasley guy who wanted to be captain but got outvoted, he'll pick that up and challenge her." Nope, that never happens. In fact, uh, that nothing uh, like nothing to do with that sword ever happens. Nope, that sword is probably still there, <laughs> presumably <laughs> on, that, on that boat. <laughs> Wait, okay, so another thing on the sword: when she in that final battle, when she like I guess hits a button. On her sword, and it turns into three, like a three-pronged dagger. Oh yeah! I was quite amused by that <laughs> because it came out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, just like kachink. Is that in another movie? Like, like I've seen that before somewhere. I'm sure that's been. It's, it's got to be like a, like as far as like action movie tropes. Gina Davis actually does a bunch of them. She does the, uh, you know, she's got. Uh, Starts with this, you know, seem steamy end of steamy love scene. She gets shot in the stomach. It's kind of like. Doesn't phase her for at least a good day, uh, you know, falling through incredible heights. But I feel like I've seen the like the three 
the magic uh, magic dagger for. Well, this, that's the thing, and this might actually be Someone the one place where, where Cutthroat Island was trying to be inventive because there's also the guy with the um, chain for a hand. <laughs> Like he had some sort of like mechanical oh, yeah. device that would that shot out and strangled uh, Gina Davis in uh, and actually probably one of the shots that actually kind of worked really neat. He's one of the few villain pirates who I actually remember, and it's because he had a character trait. Yeah, a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was different. It would be great if like the entire movie was kind of like that, where there was sort of like it was uh, almost steampunky. Like uh, sure, he added yeah. like all sorts of neat yeah. little uh, uh, inventions and yeah. I feel like feel like this movie for me was sort of like the first hour. Like it's a two hour movie. That first hour just kind of races by because everything is happening in the film. You've got jail escapes and just action. People and blowing up their own cities. People blowing yeah. up their own the cities. Destruction. Doing of Port of Arthur, right? And then it's like then you get to Cutthroat Island, and uh, to me, Cutthroat Island looked kind of nice. Looked relaxing. <laughs> It looked kind of it's like a nice, just kind of chill place. It was, didn't seem like it was like this. I was expecting sort of a dangerous pirate, like, you know, island with just full sort of Sort of like and, you weren't intimidated by the boa constrictor that rattled at them? No, not at all. I thought it was <laughs> or, actually quite charming. Yeah. And I actually almost fell asleep or the, the lovely the lovely weather they were having. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was sort of like, like for, for me, like, the movie, you know, it's Cutthroat Island. It's about this treasure. It's about finding this, going to this... It's literally the title of the movie, and Cutthroat Island. It is. I was kind of expecting Cutthroat Island to be a You'd bit of a character. The island to be a character. Yeah, and it wasn't. Right. It was like, oh, it's nice. Yeah, the island's not menacing in any way, and it's yeah, kind of, yeah, and and the, kind of it's nondescript, very, other than being pleasant. like a vacation. And the spot. climax doesn't happen there. That's right. Yeah. The, yeah. the climax happens on our way back from Cutthroat the movie. Island. Should really be called Scalp Map. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. I would watch that movie. Here's a question that I, I couldn't quite figure out at all, but one of you may have picked up on this. Okay. So uh, the writer sends the, the bird to the Royal Navy so that they can come and intercept the treasure. And then Gina Davis gets captured, and then Shaw gets captured, and he gets taken to their camp, and Dog has already met with the Royal Navy and has cut a deal with them. Mm-hmm. The Royal Navy just showed up on this island. Where is their boat Because in the climax, you have Dog's ship and you have Gina Davis's ship, which was taken over by Dog's guys. How did the Royal Navy get there? Was there? Where is their boat? There should be a third boat. There is no third boat. I guess were the, was their ship like a piece of crap and they just left it behind? That was the best we could figure is that they left behind their boat. Ooh, ooh, but maybe they, maybe but the pirate in another boat. The pirates stole all of the all the British's nice ships, so they were just they went back to get they went to Cutthroat Island to get their nice ships back from the pirates. Possibly they were nice ships. Yeah, they were. They were also. I was thinking halfway through the movie because like they were all the the pirate ships were very colorful and bright, and I thought, well, this is. This probably how it was. I mean, they probably stole ships, and they were just the ships. Yeah, well, yeah they yeah. were painted the same color as when they stole them. But like, like a pirate ship, you know, you think would sort of more look like the Black Pearl or something like that. A little more menacing and, and up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked like the the ship in West Summit Mall actually. It <laughs> did bit. look like that. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I think just got to answer your question about where the where the Royal Navy got their ship. Uh, maybe there was like an early seafaring Uber back in the time where you just booked a ship and they dropped you off and you, <laughs> and then, then you played with off. with the with the pigeon. 
I think it was the Bermuda Triangle. There, there you go. go. It had I, to be. I, I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, should we do like uh, keeps and cuts? So we've already, uh, well, we've already got in some changes. It means you're skipping over keeps and cuts. Well, I've only, I only mentioned one of my changes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we'll start with uh, Alyssa with, uh, with her, with her keep, keeps and cuts. Well, what Gina, do you keep? What, what, what do you keep in this movie? I think Gina Davis did a good job. Yeah. I think she's a great actress. She I is think, a great actress. I think she will keep her, but her character needs to be well-rounded. She needs to have a little bit of more backstory, more like inner struggle. There has to be a little bit more yeah. going on there for sure. And I think um, some of the cuts is just cut out some of the action scenes and just bring in some more character For development. Some, yeah. <laughs> That's, Let's just that makes sense to me. Flesh out the story a little bit more. Like I need to get, I need to get invested in these characters. Otherwise I just like some of these things that you guys were talking about. I'm like, I don't even remember seeing that. Cause I probably just zoned out. Like this, this happens a when lot action, ha- when action happens, I'm just kind of just like, Oh, it's action. I'm not really paying attention. Yeah. There was, there was a very, like I know there was a lot of explosions going on in yeah. the, in, the, in all the action scenes, but like it really wasn't that exciting. Yeah, like and I don't I don't remember a lot of like is that a, a lot of Harley a lot of shots where I was like oh that was cool like the only thing I can remember two things that that stand out to me. There's one shot where where chain arm guy throws his chain around uh, Gina Davis's neck and pulls her back over a balcony. And that shot looked really cool, and it, and it was like it was kind of mysterious because he had no idea where that came from and stuff. And then she kind of falls back onto a, a table that was like a story below. Uh, so that that's one shot where I was like, "Ooh, that looked like that hurt," and it was shot very well. And you know, Rennie Harley can direct action, so there's no reason to think that this shouldn't be full of good action. Um, but most of it was kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. The second uh, neat thing was when Dog gets the. Um, cannon in the gut because he did go through like a lot of stuff <laughs> before he eventually uh, did he hit the other ship is that what happened no remember. he just kind of went out <laughs> uh, dog is still flying the through the air at this at this yeah. time so he's presumably still out there just how good are dog's abs if the ball doesn't go through him but just <laughs> propels him through the ship yeah, and all the support structure probably should have been turned into pink mist really <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's right I want that that's where's where's Frank Langella's uh, workout tape yeah, and, and with all of the money that they spent on action in those scenes, you would think that they would apply a little bit better laws of physics. Like, ah. a lot of the barrels had no weight to them. You could tell they were just, like, flinging them around like they were foam. Like, <laughs> Except for the super barrels that can hold uh, 20 tons of gold. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And she tied one barrel oh, to yeah. all that I'll- treasure so it would stay afloat when the boat sank. The uh, my 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 favorite part about even the physics is like the scene. It's like toward the end where the ships are side by side. They're firing all their cannons at each other, but they're just but like they're firing the cannons and explosions are happening everywhere where the cannons should be actually hitting. So probably just obviously just you know it's the technology at the time, but it's just sort of funny that they're literally point back range firing at each other and the masts are exploding and this is getting ripped over here and that sort of stuff. Yeah, Aaron and I were talking about that while we were watching it and thinking that like the strategy-wise when you were boat fighting, you probably <laughs> wouldn't just like broadside each other or, or you like stop. Pur- you wouldn't purposely do that. Would you you wouldn't probably purposely not. like try and hit each like you would probably try and like come across the front or yeah, come across the straight. behind so you so that so that your boat has the most cannons pointing at the at the side of their boat that has the least cannons but they were just like no we'll just park it. 
Almost like they're trying to do a parallel park. There was a, there was a point where they had uh, latched their ships together with grappling hooks, and the pirates were boarding the other pirates. It's just pirates everywhere. Yeah, I couldn't tell. And there were still, and they did like a like a, a shot to show like pirates jumping over at each other, and there were still explosions happening. I was like, who's still firing the cannons <laughs> at point blank range? Guys, you're, sh- you're shooting your own men at guys, this point. Guys, you can stop this. No, we can't. We have all this V8 to get rid of. There's, there's, I understand wanting more explosions, but now we're just now it's just nonsense. They just did so many things mediocrely. Like, could you have not just focused on one thing and do it really good? Do you know what I mean? Was like, there one thing they did really good in the entire movie? The score was good. The monkey. The, the monkey was The monkey great. who later appeared no, in Pirates kidding. of the I'm Caribbean. Just kidding. Looked monkey like the same good. monkey, actually. I, think I, did, I did not care for I was. I did not really care for the score myself. No? It just never stopped. That's what I like about it. It was kind of like the explosions <laughs> where it was just the score just kept coming and coming and coming. To, and just everything had this sweeping, sweeping score. And just like like the first first five minutes, I'm like, yeah, this score is great. After 30 minutes, I'm like, I don't, I can't take this anymore. Just between the explosions and the score, we need to just kind of just turn that down a little bit. Well, I was listening to another podcast called Fix a Flick, where they were talking about Cutthroat Island and said that um, the their, the score doesn't really sound swashbuckly. No. And I think that's a pretty fair criticism. Uh, apparently, there was another score that went unused, which is another reason that the costs went up. Oh, really? There was mm. uh, a more nautical score, and again, the director was like, nah, and hired someone else to make a, a different one that didn't sound mm. as... Swashbuckle. That was more generically action movie. Yeah, yeah. That felt. Um, this felt more sort of epic, like um, I don't know, uh, like a, a adventure slash war film or something like. That. I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't didn't say pirates or sea to me. I would actually argue that 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 this movie sort of it lacks a pirate ness to it. it yeah, it's not it campy it was, enough. Like yeah, pirate movies are supposed to be campy and over the top. Like. You need to just pump those characters up. Everything like, needs to be over yeah, the top. Like you, like they, like they, they. You're you're telling me Gina Davis is a pirate. She's got her like she has on a pirate ship. None of the characters really really look like pirates. She's I didn't doesn't really, really see any of the like, typical like pirate yeah. hats. A whole where lot. was her pirate hat? Not a lot of beards either. There yeah. wasn't even another woman on the on the ship. Like was another woman in the movie almost? You know what I like? There has to be a woman that's maybe like doing something else on that. Yeah. Ship. There has to be. Yeah. But exactly. no, there was not another woman. Yeah, for most of the movie, she's the only woman. The only other women mm-hmm. I can think of are the whores in the tavern mm-hmm. and the classy ladies at the party that Shaw steals from. Those are, mm-hmm. and that's in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you would think that if she's if she's uh, if she's the captain, she's like, all right, let's come on, this come on, ladies, this is your this is your boat too. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? Maybe that's for the prequel, which we will all write. We will all write. <laughs> Hashtag Me Too Pirate. <laughs> uh, Scott, you want to do uh, some keeps and cuts? I am going to uh, disagree uh, about Gina Davis, and I'm going to say that I would cut her. Whoa! Uh, because you can tell she does not want to be there. Uh, she, she is not... I've seen Gina Davis in movies, and I think she's a good actress. I agree. She's, she's not doing good in this movie. She's uh, she looks awkward and out of place in a lot of scenes. She has really weird delivery on a lot of her lines that just yeah. don't land. 
Um, and knowing that she wanted to bail on the movie when Michael Douglas bailed on the movie, I can't help but wonder if that colored her performance. And if she didn't want to be there, maybe they should have tried to land Meryl Streep after all. I feel like that had more to do with her actual scripting and her direction. And that's possible, too. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I would think that. Uh, again, not being a movie expert, but I feel like if you if you have a if you're if you're if you've won an Oscar, which is the big deal, and you and you have like a terrible like I feel like we've seen enough movies now, and we can all name a bunch of actors where they've got they they win Oscars and they're great movies, and then they've got these movies where they're just terrible like terrible terrible actors. You have to feel like it's either it's got to be a director thing. It's got to be something in there that's like not Anakin just, Skywalker. Yes, or even just Natalie Portman from those movies, right? Yes, Natalie exactly. Portman's a great actress. Yes. Terry, not great in the Star Wars. Like, yeah, we can just rattle them down the list, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. there's a. There's the only one be- that sort of elevates the material in those Star Wars movies is Ian McGregor. Yeah. yeah. Somehow he manages. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of them really struggled. Uh, but to bring it back to Cutthroat Island, um, I I have no real problems with any of the other cast members. I know we were making fun of Matthew Modine in yes. the open to this uh, podcast, but I, I thought would. he was—I thought he was pretty charming. I thought Frank Langella was great as the villain. Yep. Um, I have no real qualms about any of the other pirates. They all looked piratey, I guess, blandly so, perhaps, um, which is something to address with fixes. But Gina Davis stood out, maybe because everyone else was was doing was coasting along just fine and she was not really that good she was supposed to carry the film but she didn't exactly yeah. Yeah. so yeah. that's I why mean, i feel her, like her character is not um quite interesting enough i think to, and i mean for that's her to really one of my big fixes is her, her character yeah she doesn't really have much to chew on you know so there's and maybe with better material gina yeah. davis could have knocked because, it out of the park because there's, there are scenes where she where she, she is legitimately good and one of them is the uh scene where she's drunk on in uh they don't like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, well her her drunkenness was like really bad though like Oh, really? The way I she thought it was acted great. being drunk. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I bought into it a little heavier than everybody else did. I, I thought she had a little bit of chemistry with Matthew Modine, but I didn't think that they were terrible together. I think that their I little mean, that, romance that, could have been better, but oh, yeah. that's there, definitely there, a there casualty barely, of the writing. There was barely a romance. It was just like, it was almost like that that sort of like 1990s thing where like, we got to have a love interest. So like, ah, they get together in the end and you just kind of like push two people's faces together to make them kiss. There's a lot of forced romances back yeah. in the day. Yeah, fair enough. That's the only real like keeper cut I have because I, f- I, I honestly feel like most of the problems in the movie are things that just need fixed. Yeah, the this is this is another one of those movies that needed like three more drafts to tighten up the screws, <laughs> and then it probably would have been pretty good. And then you build the sets, and then <laughs> you build the sets. Not before movie making one hundred and two. Uh, Greg keeps and cuts. Well, as usual, I'm me and Scott will have to fight about something in the changes because like one of the first things I wanted to cut was the dad plot because I didn't. I don't really think it worked. Uh, it doesn't really seem to inform Gina Davis's character. Ah, uh, but lot. but my fix fixes that. <laughs> okay, I'm fine. I will listen. Um, and I also think there's you know maybe there's more interesting ways she can get the map or whatever. The map's your MacGuffin. Um, there's lots of ways to be introduced to a map. Um, and the rest of the stuff I've kind of already uh, mentioned for my cuts. Um, the stuff that doesn't pay off. Um, and also, uh, I would cut that quicksand scene. 
for yeah. very oh yeah for very crazy. specific reason is is because okay uh, in in that scene Shaw has kind of all the cards right because if he drowns he's got the map uh, and, and then he just drowns with the map and uh, Gina Davis is left with nothing so and and Gina Davis has every reason to pull him out because he's got the map and she's got twenty other men with her and presumably like where is he gonna go. Um, I I can kind of headcanon a reason why they could just let him drown, because then he could drown, they could fish out his body, and then they'd sure. have a nap. Fair enough. Uh, but my first thought, I won't lie, was, well, if he drowns, he has the map and you have nothing. Yeah. So I and had then to I do like... mental gymnastics <laughs> to make sense of that. I mean, like, there's an easy fix to that, for that. Just like, if you're going to keep that scene, just have more, uh, like, Gino Davis find Shaw by herself. Right, and then there's then there's at least there's some like competing goals there between the two of them, right? And you know, like throughout the movie, they they like the the, the theme between those two characters throughout the entire movie is like their trust of one another, right? So then that could actually be like a really fun moment between just the two of them, where they're trying, where you know maybe they actually build some trust out of that scene. I agree with that. And I totally mm-hmm. forgot that he drowned in quicksand. <laughs> I uh, thought of another cut, actually. Uh, there, when, when they get, when the mutiny happens on her ship and the Weasley first officer takes over and sends them off on a lifeboat, um, Shaw jumps overboard to go after them. And I, was, I would cut that entirely. I would have had Shaw, they, they'd have been like, hey, guy who she just chained up, are you with us? And he'd have been like, yes. I don't like her because she changed me up. And then he's like already thinking ahead, like I could betray these guys when we get to the island. Yeah. And then it it's better than him just disappearing into the ocean and showing up 20 minutes later to steal a map. You actually have him with the bad guys, putting him in a position to steal the map. Would have made better sense. Would have made better sense, movie. <laughs> Man, they, they Maybe it's more of a change. They, they, I felt it felt like a cut when I when I thought it up. They but. needed they need a trip to make more sense island as opposed to cutthroat <laughs> island. Uh how about we'll uh we'll take a little break and when we come back we will fix this movie and make it cutthroatier? Maybe, sort of. <laughs> yes. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Yes Painting, a new social enterprise started in Edmonton. To help you spruce up your house while giving youth who have had it rough a chance to build a better future for themselves. Yes, painting works just like any other contract painting service. The difference is that the work is done by young people who have been involved with youth empowerment and support services, which helps 15 to 21 year olds who are facing difficult realities such as homelessness, trauma, addictions, or neglect. Yes, painting teaches business skills and life skills, pays the workers a living wage, and donates half the profits to youth empowerment and support services. Yes, Painting Yes Painting is making the world a better place, one job at a time. Check it out on social at Yes Painting. That's at Yes Painting, Y-E-S-S Painting. And please sign up for your free quote at YesPainting.com. That's Y-E-S-S Painting.com. Alright, so we've uh, we've we've taken a good uh, swashbuckling of cutthroat aka quite pleasant and would like to go there for vacation island minus the pirates well the pirates weren't that bad yeah not really My, minus minus the shooty cannon pirates uh so now we uh, the four of us are gonna uh, go around the table and we uh as a collective as a bunch of 
movie pirates will fix this movie <laughs> and make it a good movie. So, Greg, you've requested, you have requested to, to go first. Yeah, um, I really, I'm going to do something a little di- different for my changes. How because, dare you? Uh, I'm really only going to fix one scene. Okay. Uh, and it's because it's the opening scene, which I mentioned in the uh, in the first had really bugged but me. Gina's putting on her pants. Yeah, she after. puts on her pants and the guy's like, pirate, end scene. And then that's kind of like our most boring introduction of a pirate in a movie ever. Uh, so what I think I'd like to do is just to jazz it all up a little bit and maybe uh, find a way of, you know, uh, introducing the Matt MacGuffin. Um, We can start out, I guess, more or less the same with uh, Morgan getting dressed and, you know, pan up to the man in the bed who who has been her partner in sex crime or whatever. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, we have uh, Morgan... Gets up, plays around with uh, the man's personal effects, sort of like remarking on his standard of living. And uh, uh, the man replies like, oh, uh, I'm a man of authority. You know, it it has its perks. Uh, Morgan kind of further distracts him with more flattering banter. And then she attempts to steal the map that's in his possession. And just as she's about to pocket it, uh, the man sneaks up behind her and uh, and uh, points a pistol at her and says, did you really think I didn't know who you were? Uh, and Morgan uh, looks back at him, shows him the bullets that she's taken out of his gun, and she says, do you really think I didn't know who you knew? That way that line isn't boring and flat. It sort of like has like a little bit of a dance to it. And then she just kicks his ass and... We yeah. got a proper opening to the movie through like through like the banter between the two. You can actually find ways of of giving her character, uh, f- you know, some uh, flair and flavor, so that we kind of get a better introduction of who she is, even if it's through uh, the guise of her playing another character. I'm okay with that. I <laughs> don't think that should be the opening scene in this movie. I I, I maintain. That we should start with a flashback with the granddad setting up the map pieces between the three brothers. And the reason I want to keep the three brothers is because that makes it a much more personal animosity between Morgan and Dog, her uncle, who has murdered her father and his other brother, her uncle or other uncle. Um, because and it also makes Dog more despicable, frankly. Um but I do agree that it needs to be set up better. And I do agree she also needs to be introduced better. I just don't think that should necessarily be the opening scene of the movie. Yeah, I like having having maintaining the brothers is does you're right, would would keep an emotional core to the movie, which is is kind of what sort of lacking, which is kind of funny that it has all these brothers and there is no emotional core to the movie. Because it's poorly executed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I guess in like if I if I were to have my way, like we would have to probably find uh, some other core to it, which I, I kind of like the the struggle of tr- uh, trust between uh, Morgan and, and Shaw as the as the central theme to it. Um, but you know, maybe that makes it more like a, a Captain Jack Sparrow versus uh, Orlando Bloom type thing. Maybe it's too much too. Retroactively yeah. derivative of Pirates of the Caribbean. May I pitch you my Morgan change? Sure. All right. Morgan in the movie as it's presented is already a famous pirate for some reason, despite being the daughter of a famous pirate, I guess. 
Um, there's one point where someone recognizes her at the auction because she's got like <laughs> a wanted poster up and it's the only wanted poster and it's a perfect likeness of her. And it just struck me as weird, especially if you want her to have a character arc and she's been working for her dad all this time. Yeah. So I think she isn't a pirate to start the movie. Oh. And and the death of her father kicks her off into that. And so you also have the arc of her trying to earn the trust of his crew. And some of the crew is willing to give the daughter of the old captain a try. But it also sets up the rest of the crew being like, who the hell is that? We don't care about her. She's just the da- the daughter of the old captain. We want to go do our own thing. And she wins them over again originally with, well, I have a piece of a treasure map to the big score. And we can go together and get this. And so her arc becomes becoming a pirate and earning the respect of the other pirates and earning the respect of Shaw. And you can still have that interplay there if you want to build the romance between them. But I think that makes for a stronger character arc for her. And it it ties in her father more emotionally because now she's on a journey that was set off, that was set in motion by her father's death more than just what is presented in the movie, which is pretty weak. So that's that's my big fix for Morgan. And I think that makes her more interesting. And I think that helps the plot of the movie a little bit. You know, someone was um, pointing out, um, I'm going to talk about Star Trek again. <laughs> that in uh, the, two, the 2009 uh, Star Trek that J.J. Uh, Abrams built up, uh, um, in it, Kirk kind of has like this, you were destined for great things type story arc where his father dies and he's destined to become the man that his father was. Uh, and someone was pointing out that like women don't often get the destiny storyline, right? And that's where that's what this could be yeah, yeah. absolutely like it's it, it, it and I, I always as soon as someone pointed that out i was like i was like holy shit that is absolutely true that almost never happens and it and and it would be really nice to see what that would look like from a female perspective i i would think it'd be kind of like tomb raider where you yeah. know she has to come and fill her father's shoes and she has to like just go for it and gun it yeah I think we've got some like I think even uh, like so far even um, there there's a kind of a uniqueness every so everyone's saying that obviously we, we want more out of this character whether it's either we we establish so either either she she has the she's kind of forced into the life and she's de- destined for greatness or uh, like she there needs to be there needs to be a little more of a backstory and we need to understand that why why is she a feared pirate and like they kind of they kind of touch on how you know, like. She's obviously in the movie. She's she's obviously been in this life because you know the uncle uncle pirate dog is like yeah you were I bounced you on my knee when you were young, blah blah blah. Uh, so that seems to be what 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 the, what the movie is craving, right? It's just mm-hmm. more from from Morgan. Uh, yeah, and this like yeah, this is obviously one of Alyssa. You mentioned that earlier in the podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, I think she just needs uh, to be more unapologetically herself. And just if she's going to use her sexual wiles to advance, then she needs to just do it so very savagely. Um, and I feel like she kind of just kind of half does it <laughs> in some situations. Yeah. The movie's a little wishy-washy with her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't really establish yeah, exactly like what's, yeah. And I liked your idea about having the scene with the grandpa in the beginning, but I think I think maybe with the uncles being a little, little bit older, like adults, and her being somewhere in that Oh, yeah, scenario. that would be good. And there then, you go. you, then you introduce her early yeah. as a little kid. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Or in may, and maybe you play something where you've got you've got these you 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 introduce the whole family here. You got the grandfather, you got the brothers, and you have Morgan. The brothers all hate each other, and so they're all like ah. Oh, but she's kind of like no, I w- I want to get all these pieces for this map because I want this treasure because it'll like yeah, something on those lines. It'd be good if we can if you can almost give um, dog a little bit of sympathy for Morgan as well, so that there's sort of like a, uh, a, a strange kind of uh, conflict between them. They're at opposite, at opposite ends, yet he's still, you know, because the end of this movie, he does ask her to, to join him. Though he asks her at the point where he's lost because his ship has blown up <laughs> and his crew is all dead. But I, I always like, I always like when the, when the, when the villain is conflicted too, you know, yeah. the, maybe he was in love with her mother and she died. There you go. Yeah, was, where's the well, mother? Was, you, can, you, can, you, can def- you can definitely have like a uh, like I'm your father type moment right at the end yeah. there. Like it was like, I raised uh, you more even, than your father did. Well, even even uh, like Colin just hit the nail on the head, which is where I was going to go. Is you could set up if you want to have that flashback scene with her as a kid. You could set up that Uncle Dog was her favorite uncle and he loved her, but now they're at odds over the treasure, and it's actually kind of tearing him apart a little bit. But his greed is winning out over his love. Yeah, if he, as if he can't, as if he can't help himself with his greed. Yeah, or like he's just, it's just like he, he'll, he, he, he kind of, he kind of has like, um, like a love and affection, but he just can't bring himself, and it, and it brings him to well, his and, ultimate and it, you end. Could even, you could even tie it in because he's a really hyper masculine pirate captain uh, <laughs> that he. He's afraid to show affection for her in front of his men. He doesn't want to lose their respect and whatnot. Where she's a lady captain and maybe is willing to form better relationships with the people in her crew, which is what earns it's their just loyalty. Captain, though, not lady. Captain. Fair enough. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say that she's coming from it from a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that that could inform some of the relationships with their crews, respectively. Right. Yeah. Alyssa, yeah. what do you think? Um, How do you make this better? Other than me saying Lady Captain, I apologize. Well, like, with the being unapologetically, um, you know, just using her feminine wiles to her advantage, like, if they're going to go with that, just go all the way with it. I think she just needs a little bit more presence. Um, There has to be a reason why the crew is following her. She has to be more dynamic. She just needs to be... Larger than life. Yeah. And there has to be a reason. Okay, this is the one scene that really bothered me at the end when they were like, oh, no, let's just keep all of the uh, the loot on the ship and let's go to Madagascar. Don't you think, like, those pirates would just want to take their portion and GTFO? <laughs> uh, abs- absolutely. Like, would. why are yeah. they staying? That was the whole, yeah, yeah. It just made no sense. Yeah. So, like, if she was that... Um, amazing of a captain maybe that would be a a, a driving factor but she was so mediocre that like (laughs) why are they staying on the ship yeah so i would change that scene for like the ending scene was the worst for me like that was just (laughs) the worst so i would change the ending uh don't take him back to your cabin you know let's just 
talk so then, about. So, so then, what do you do then? Do you like just like do you punch Shaw overboard or what do you do? Well, I I was thinking about this because I'm so, sorry to interrupt. I, I, because I feel like if she was kind of like um, a, a hyper aggressive type person, where where her her first instinct is to is to fight, and then yeah. we turn Shaw into this kind of um, uh, pacifist almost, like instead of being like also a greedy dude, like make him like maybe make him an actual doctor who just like finds himself caught up. In all these, in all the this pirate mess, uh, you know, despite his best efforts to to avoid it or something like that, and he becomes uh, Morgan's sort of moral compass throughout the film. Like, yeah, because like, because if, if we're saying that like Dog has kind of like this the uh, an affection for her and that they loved each other growing up, then you can have uh, uh, Morgan sort of being. This just as duplicitous. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. You got there. (laughs) Almost in one take, too. Uh, You know, that way she's got a, she has a journey, right? Making making her much more interesting. Like you're you're suggesting uh, that she need, you know, she has a journey into being a more moral guided person. Yeah, he, he doesn't, he also doesn't seem like he would be into playing second fiddle like i kind of expected him to like betray her at some point yeah and he kind of does but there wasn't like a huge turning point no where i thought like everything was foregone and usually he has to win back the woman and then they are they're good i mean like we don't have to make it super predictable but at least have a little bit more i don't know i don't know so would you keep them as sort of like a romantic interest or would you be like, ah, Shaw's just, he's just like a wiener that, <laughs> <laughs> that who, who guides him along guides Gina Davis along her journey? I think the, there needs to be a power struggle, at least a little bit. Like he doesn't seem to be the person that would just like go along with things generally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of advocating for his character just to like just to be completely turned around where he doesn't he he's like the opposite of of uh, yeah. Gina Davis well, like I, he doesn't he's 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 not confident he's not a ladies man he's not any of those things he's just he he just he's just a guy who finds himself in the wrong spot just trying just to that, do the best he can and do the right who thing. Latin, right? He's just the guy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. He's just too, yeah. And I and I kind of as like, a doctor he would speak Latin. Probably for <laughs> somewhat, but I I kind of like the idea of, of like yeah like even if if you make as maybe as part of uh, Morgan's character is that like yeah she's she's the she's the shoot first ask questions well down the road like just prone to violence because that's how she's sort of had to establish herself just like you know and you know and actually have you know bringing on the moral compass of of Shaw who's just you know he's maybe a little more educated and he's like you know now been kidnapped and purchased it as, as a slave and is now part of this journey and kind of, you know, yeah, they can play off each other a little bit. So yeah. my only, the only thing I haven't been able to figure out based on that, cause I do like the thrust of this is how a, an actual Dr. Shaw, who is actually a pretty decent guy ends up in jail in the first place. Hmm. Good <laughs> question. That's the only thing I haven't been able to figure out because I do, Mainly like the thrust of that. And one of the things that I did want to touch on is 
There's no payoff for the evil governor at the end of the movie at the moment. And I do like the third act twist where Dog make, cuts a deal with the government to get their help. But I, I felt like they were leading up to a final confrontation between Shaw and the evil governor who seemed to be... Yeah, that's Like, true. the governor oh, seemed yeah, to be yeah. Shaw's end boss, whereas Dog was Morgan's end boss. And then he disappears in a puff of flames. <laughs> like, so I, I felt like there needed to be some payoff there. Like him kicking the governor off the boat or something. Yeah, I mean, quip. you could, instead of making him a, a doctor, I suppose he could be uh, some type of archaeologist. Like, or something, or, you know, he's, the, you know, the governor could be looking for the treasure as well, right from the outset. That's true. That's I think fair. he was supposed to be a, like a slimy trickster, but they just didn't commit to it. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, the, his, he was the his least setup, slimy. Yeah, least his slimy setup trickster is, ever. His setup's really gross. Yeah. Like he basically like sexually assaults someone right off the bat. And you're like, all right, it must be a 90s movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, if you set the governor up as somebody who's looking for the map at first, then he could have Shaw under his thumb, and then Morgan extracts him because he's the guy who might be able to translate the map. Yeah. Uh, and then Cause it, <laughs> and then he is like, uh, well, now I'm, I, I went from being uh, under the thumb of the governor to being under the thumb of a pirate, which is somehow even worse. <laughs> Uh, and then they slowly build up a relationship over the course of the movie with him as her moral compass and her coming to rely on him. That builds up their trust so that at the end, they're working together. They're on the same page. That, that could work. I don't mind that. Yeah. But then they should just take all of the the bounty and like leave everyone. Just just the two of them? Yeah. <laughs> But then none betray, of the other pirates would have to be all sympathetic. The the all the rest of the pirates would have to be unsympathetic for them to do that, though. Yeah. Yeah, that plays against, I think it was Colin's suggestion, where you wanted the... Uh, or no, sorry, yours, where you wanted her, uh, her whole journey to being becoming a pirate, I guess. But yeah. I, I guess, I mean, it depends on how you think of, a, of what is a pirate, because yeah. it, that might be the ultimate pirate thing <laughs> that you're suggesting, Alyssa, is, like, is just like taking off with the gold and burying it somewhere. Yeah, faking like faking their death, basically maybe faking their deaths, and it's like, oh, they drowned and they drowned with the treasure, and then all of a sudden, the barrels start popping up, and they're just all in barrels or attached to barrels or something. And I feel like they tried to set up a sequel with the Madagascar. Oh, thing, for sure they did. Yeah, but it just never happened. So maybe maybe this is our chance. <laughs> it is funny that that they they were so sure theoretically that this is going to be a hit that not only did they set it up real hard. As a as a franchise at the end, but they there was not there was not one but two video games, a Game Boy game and an SCN game for this. Like like presumably those are in a in a dumpster somewhere right next to all the ET video games wow. in the Atari era. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That I think that was a landfill in the Arizona yeah. de- desert. Yeah. 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 If anyone has played either either of these games, you need to uh, send us a Twitter, <laughs> Facebook uh, note, or something. Oh, there's probably you could probably download a ROM of it. Oh I yeah. Thought. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. We need to Twitch that. <laughs> yeah, we on, should. On the I have night. no Twitch channel. <laughs> that doesn't exist. That doesn't, doesn't exist yet. I feel like also pirate movies generally have a lot of, like, clues and, like, just trying to figure yeah, things out. There's a bit out. of a mystery yeah. element in them, usually. Yeah, and yeah. usually you're just, it's this a is, bit of This a is basically like, we found the hunt. map, now we found the treasure, and that's it. Yeah, yeah it's not it's very like, exciting that way, is we, it? We, we got through this big, heinous storm, 
Cutthroat Island. It's lovely here. Let's sit on the <laughs> beach and have some tea. Treasure is actually conveniently just over there. Well, if you break it down into three acts, the first act is getting the map together. The yeah. second act is getting the treasure on the island. And the third act is getting the treasure back from Dog and the Royal Navy. Yeah. Who steal it from her. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. It's just, again, poorly executed. Yeah. I guess there was that little piece where they had to try to figure out the the scalp in that it was, I guess, the numbers corresponded with Oh, yeah. Longitude. longitude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was so like a tarot so, card reader sign that so they figured out. So much of this movie is like forgettable. Yeah, did she figure that out because she saw a sign that also had numbers on it? Like, I think what so. was the... That's what I couldn't figure <laughs> out. <laughs> I actually re- That's the answer. I rewound <laughs> that part because I was like, did I miss something? Like, what? I don't get it. I, I, I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh... Uh, so the correct answer for actually all the cuts is now I'm not going to turn this into a musical because there is actually already a pirate musical. Pirates. Pirate movie. Pirates. Pirate movie. Um, so instead, I'm going to make this movie, and to make it better, I'm going to make it a Charlie Chaplin-esque silent film where it's black <laughs> and white. There's no dialogue. That's uh, also like going at like one and a half speed, so it goes a lot quicker so people don't fall asleep. And there's a nice little like vaudeville piano score. <laughs> and there you go. You're welcome. So we'll make the prequel to make it a better movie, but then we'll do my cut, which is... <laughs> Well, that really solves the whole, like, you know, physics and the dynamics. That, you know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Uh, we asked uh, we always ask you guys uh, for uh, for your notes and you can always uh, we always posting on uh, on the I have some notes Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Instagram is both movies we're uh, we got coming up. And we want to get uh, your thoughts. And we got some thoughts on this movie. Uh, Nathan says, I feel like I want to say something about this movie. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember a damn thing about it. Nathan, I watched it two days ago, and I don't remember a damn thing about it. I watched same. it this afternoon, and I forgot parts <laughs> yeah, about so it. So we're all in that same boat, uh, which is saying something. If you read about the production of the film, it sounds like it was a, a bleep show right from the, or a shit show right from the jump stro- from Jump Street, and no one wanted to be part of it. That is true. Yeah. No one wanted mm-hmm. to be part of it. Not even the people who were acting It was and a sinking ship. Mm. Ah, there we go. Ah. We have a title. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, Amelia says, I watched this movie last night after picking it up at a garage sale. What? A garage sale? Scott and I were actually... DVD or VHS? That's a good question. Hopefully both. And knowing nothing about it and having to say, I loved it. I think this was the best part movie I've ever seen. And everything I wanted it and have such a great, strong female character as the whole lead really sealed it. Love the action. Love the effects. Love the whole thing. Easily a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, Nico says, "I feel they like blow up that pirate ship at the end pretty spectacularly." Yeah, I mean, if if you like cheesy stuff, it's awesome for that. I do like cheesy stuff, but even I felt like kind of like let. I need more cheese. Yeah, either more or less cheese. Yeah, uh, I feel like this movie. Uh, Nico says, "I feel like this movie slammed way more than it really was." Is gets movie gets slammed way more than it really deserves. I recently watched it with zero expectations. All I wanted was a swashbuckling uh, pirate movie to enjoy. Next, exactly what I got. It was enjoyable from the beginning to end with a pretty bad, badass female protagonist. <laughs> so, so those last two comments, which are which are uh, glowingly positive about Cutthroat Island, <laughs> I'm reasonably certain they were written by the same person because they they came in to our comments thread at almost the same time, really? and and both both accounts seem to have sort of very similar. Uh, photos about them. I don't know. I think it might be it might be one person who's just really in the tank for Cutthroat Island. 
And I mean, fine. Sure. <laughs> Is it possible that both Amelia and Nico are actually just the pen names of one Gina Davis? <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if it, it is, Gina, thanks for listening. Uh, we'd like to be on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Lizzie, you were saying something? Oh, I was just going to say, if I wanted to watch an 80s movie with a great female protagonist, I'd be watching Alien. Yes! Over and over and over. See, now I kept, I kept thinking of that, thinking about, like, so, like, what is it, what is, what is, what is this movie lacking that, that an Aliens missed, or, like, or a Terminator with Sarah Connor missed? Like, what's, like, is it... The backstory is that there, there's an un, it's like and it's something is again couldn't quite put my finger I, on. I feel like it's the the resilience and the inner strength that they find within each in themselves because I think it, it surprises them. Yeah. Where we didn't see that here, it was kind of like already set up that she was going to be trying to kick ass. Yeah. Which is why our change is she starts out not as a yeah. famous pirate and gets there through a journey. Through a character arc, something Whoa, she doesn't have in the current movie. <laughs> Are you sure those exist? Because a lot of the movies that we review don't seem to have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they're just some sort it's of some screenwriter sort of myth. myth. It's a myth. <laughs> the myth of the character arc. I like it. Uh, yeah, so that's all we all we have. Uh, Alyssa, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Uh, is there something you'd like to plug? People should be checking out where people can find you. That sort of stuff. Yeah, just uh, if. Anyone wants to follow me on Twitter? I'm Digital Alyssa, so it's just uh, one word. An A and an L shares both words, so you can find me there. Uh, Scott C. Bourgeois, you have things you'd like to plug. Yes, I have another podcast. It's called The Read Along. It's a mini book club for your ears. It is a low-impact, very easy book club that you don't even have to attend in person. Uh, basically, my lovely wife Anita and I read a book chapter by chapter every week-ish. We receive, We release... Most of the time, it's every week. Uh, we release an episode where we review the chapter we just read and wildly and perhaps irresponsibly hypothesize about what's going to happen in the book next <laughs> and uh, do some deep dives on some of the stuff that we noticed in the chapter. And uh, it's good times. And you can give it a listen. Uh, we are at the read-along at basically all the social medias. Perfect. Uh, if you, uh, you can follow this show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at uh, I Have Some Notes. Uh, if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, if you like this program, there are lots of other wonderful programs on the Alberta Podcast Network, including Assumptions. Uh, a Christian and an atheist have a somewhat polite conversation. Daniel and Kyle have complete, competing worldviews and yet still remain close fans. Each try to understand each other's viewpoints using media to uncover how each interprets the world. Check out Assumptions at assumptions.libsyn.com or wherever fine Alberta Podcast Network shows are sold. Our show and others from the network are being broadcast on G Radio. You can find it at gradio.ca. And if you can find all of the episodes on this podcast and all of the Alberta Podcast Network on the CKOA Radio app, you can download that from the Apple App Store. We post new episodes every second week, so tune in two weeks from now for uh, for either uh, side notes or full episode. It will be other. side notes. Okay, we'll and, be side notes. Uh, we will be. What is the next? The next side note is going to be talking about uh, adaptations, right, Scott? Yes. First to discuss adaptations. So tune in for two weeks in that. And uh, yeah, thanks for being with us today. There's a million jillion podcasts out there, and you chose ours. So we thank you. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to each other soon. Keep watching this. Arr! <laughs>